It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Sacramento Kings, but it was not all bad. In fact, if you take a step back, this loss was not as bad as it seems. We'll talk about it coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. we will dive into why Isaiah Joe is legit and why fans need to relax a little bit about what's happening right now with this Thunder squad. And plus, the 2022 NBA draft looks to be a stellar one for the OKC Thunder. But we start the way we always do with our game overview. Again, today's podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the code locked on at prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So in this game, SGA remains out. He has an abdominal strain. Uh, Hip flexor is you know, the demonstration is like a way to more denote what the injury actually is, and then ankle soreness as well. Uh, Pokashevsky is out, and Mark said that there's no timetable for a return on Poku. Uh, we'll see you know when he returns. He's still in that re- return to play program, uh, progressing, but like there's no timetable on like when he's going to actually play. Uh, Usman Jang in the G League, Chet is out. Sar did not play. Coach's decision. 
Omarui did not play, and he was waived following this game. We'll talk more about what that means for the roster on tomorrow's show when we have a lot more clarity, but I can promise you the roster spot will not just go idle. They're going to cycle through some guys and and move some guys around for Omarui. He gets a nice payday and goes about the inevitable of being waived either now or at the end of the season, and in the process, he gains some extra money. Uh, the Thunder starters were Josh Giddy, Isaiah Joe, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, and Jalen Williams. And the biggest story in this game is, is almost the same script as what we saw on Friday. The Thunder come in, play a really good team, the top half of the Western Conference team, and they don't have Shea, and they still fight, they still play well, and it was Isaiah Joe who carried the load offensively. It was Isaiah Joe who filled in that that scoring role for OKC. And I think that Isaiah Joe in this game, uh, what stood out in this game, and it stood out all season, is that Isaiah Joe does so many things well that he is a legit staple moving forward. I think that there's this this concern around Isaiah Joe that like, what if this is just a hot shooting streak? Or what if he's just a gimmick? And that's not giving Isaiah Joe enough credit for how he's scoring, for how he's getting these threes off. Look, Isaiah Joe is younger than SGA. He's 23 years old. He's always moving on the floor. This is not just a guy that's getting hot because he's catching and shooting wide open threes on on a drive and kick from Shea. He does bring gravity as a shooter, which opens up the Thunder offense, but he brings spacing as well as a guy who is always moving both around the perimeter, but also if you watch him, his first action often is to either cut to the rim or cut through traffic. It's to make a cut. And he either goes dives at the rim, and if the if it's there, and J Will or J Dub or SGA or Giddy finds him on that cut to the rim, and he dunks it, great. If not, he just flattens out uh, to the perimeter, and he's either in the slot or he's in the corner, uh, ready to shoot the ball. And either way, you've got to track him down. If you don't follow him down to the rim, well, he's shooting seventy four percent at the rim, which ranks in the ninety fourth percentile for his position according to Cleaning the Glass. You've got to follow him. You got to stay attached to his hip. And if you lose him in all of that movement. We know he's shooting 45% from three, and he can light it up from distance. Arguably the best three-point shooter in the NBA this year. He can do a lot. He's flashed that mid-range game these last couple of uh, of games as that's been more open to him uh, with with SGA going out. He's flashed the ability to score in the mid-range. He hits step-back threes. He hits threes curling off screens. He hits threes off handoffs. He hits threes on the catch and shoot. He hits threes off the bounce. Like the way that he is getting to these 20-point nights and the way that he's getting to these four-plus three-point shooting nights, it's all very repeatable. It's all in, in environments in which you have to consider it legit and not just a hot streak. It's all in tried-and-true methods. And I think it's okay to 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 realize, hey, this guy's going to be a part of this future team. And as I said on Friday, this is how you succeed. This is how you build a team. You build a team by winning in the margins. You build a team by getting, whether you want to call it lucky or whatever you want to call it, by, by having success in bringing in guys like Isaiah Joe. Guys like Isaiah Joe who are brought in on these minimum deals. And yes, you're criminally underpaying the production of what Isaiah Joe brings you. But that is, that is quite frankly, a win for the Thunder. 
Isaiah Joe's under contract through the 2024-25 season, and he never gets paid more than $2.1 million. In fact, he doesn't even reach two point, you know, he doesn't even reach two million dollars until that final club option. That is insane value to have. And as a shooter, with a skill set that that is long lasting, that, that is projectable to, to last a very long time, he'll get a big payday when that time comes. And a big reason why I'm so confident in what Isaiah Joe is doing is because I, I think that it is something that can happen in the playoffs. You have to watch what these players are doing and then try to ask yourself, it's not going to be a one-to-one. It's not going to be apples to apples, but try your best to see, Hey, can this actually work in the playoffs or not? That's what everything's about. It's about the playoffs and not this year, to be clear, projecting out their future this year doesn't matter in terms of win losses. Doesn't matter if they do or don't make the plan. That's just doesn't matter. But if can this core, when they eventually get there next year, the year after, whenever it is, can they have success in the playoffs? I think Isaiah Joe can. Isaiah Joe's shown you he can thrive in transition because he can score at all three levels. He can also thrive in the half courts you know, game offensively. And I think he's proven enough defensively to where, no, Isaiah Joe's not going to be some elite point of attack defender. He's not going to be some elite guy that you want switching one through five on the defensive end. But he's going to do enough. He's going to contest a shot. He's going to fight through a screen. He's going to slide over and draw a charge as he did tonight. He's not going to get played off the floor. He's not going to be somebody who you can just say, okay, bring him up here in the high pick and roll half court offense that everything devolves into come playoff time. You can't just pick on him over and over and over and over again. I don't think he'll be that problem to where if you can't pick on him defensively over and over and over again, and he brings this much offensively, this is a really, really good player. Like it's it, again, not a superstar, not an all-star, but a really, really good rotational player and, and a player that can swing a playoff series because it takes one game to swing the whole series. And if one game Isaiah Cho, it's five threes with that roster of Chet and SGA and J-Dub and Giddy and whoever you draft this year and everyone else functioning as well. Five threes from Isaiah Joe would be enough. Again, that's a, that's a high ask. Like if he were to explode for five threes one game, you know, it, it would be at that point a, a season changer, a series changer, a game changer. I think that Isaiah Joe can legit repeat the success next year and the years and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. And if you recall, when this transaction happened, everyone said, you know, hey, this guy showed some things in Philadelphia. They, they're not in a place where they could have played him a lot of minutes. They didn't play him a lot of minutes. But in the in the rare minutes he did play, he played really well. It's just that that was such a small sample size, you couldn't go out on a limb and say he'd be this. But you could say, hey, it's worth a shot for a team that has enough, enough minutes to spare to him. And, he's, and, and to his credit, he's not only cashed in on that bet of like, hey, if you give him more minutes, he's going to play well. He's exceeded even that expectation. He's been, in, he's been absolutely incredible. Isaiah Joe's been awesome. I want to talk about how the 2022 draft class has been awesome for OKC, and they haven't even had their best pick from that class step on the floor yet because Jay Will continues to be more impactful than the box score shows, and Jay Dub continues to just do, well, everything on the basketball floor for OKC. Plus, Lou Dort. What's the deal offensively, offensively with Lou Dort? And why the Thunder fan base Guys, got to relax a little bit. Loosen up a little bit. Have some fun. It's basketball. We'll talk about it all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome. 
Price Picks is where you want to be on the app or on pricepicks.com. So what Price Picks is, it is just you versus the projected numbers. And then all you do from there is pick two to six players. You project, will they score more or less than their prize pick projections? And if you're right, you can win 25 times your money on any entry. Again, it's just you versus the numbers. So what you can do is kick back, relax, watch some basketball, and you can bet. Okay, Tuesday's game against the Kings. Will De'Aaron Fox have more or less than, uh, let's say, one and a half steals? Will uh, will will J-Dub score more or less than 14 and a half points? You place your bets, and you sit back, you watch the game, and if you're correct, you win. If not, you lose, but still a lot of fun. And, and it can be made in 60 seconds or less, these entries. It's safe, offers fast withdrawals, it's operational in over 30 states, including on Canada. You can also bet on the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, WNBA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. So check it out today by downloading the app, Price Picks, or by going to pricepicks.com and using the promo code locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let me know in the comment sections on YouTube or on Twitter what you think about this game against the Kings. What I think that stood out in the game against the Kings is that Jay will was way more impactful than the box score. Five points, three rebounds, two assists is not enough of a, of a jump off the page as you in his 13 minutes than what really happened. If you watched the game. Now I'm a little bit peculiar or, or peculiar or perplexed or pondering whatever word I'm looking for. I'll, I'll try them all out and eventually one will stick, but I, you know, I'm a bit perturbed by the fact that Jay will only got 13 minutes and, and has seemingly not played a ton of minutes period uh, whenever he's played in the NBA. Like it's not as though he's played like 30 minutes a night, even while they're trying to you know withstand all of these injuries and trying to, um, um, you know, figure out a way to, to play big minutes. I mean, he's played 30 or more minutes one time. He's played 20 to 29 minutes, seven times. And the, the bulk of his action has been 10 to 19 minutes. I'd like to see him get more minutes in, in every individual game. That's besides the point. Uh, when you watch him, you can see how impactful he is. He's a really, really good high post playmaker. And uh, the next time that, that we talk to Mark, I'm going to ask Mark about this, but you know, this is something that Mark really, really did a lot without Horford. And I've, I, and I've driven that point into the ground, but I'm curious to know if that is a staple of what Mark himself really, like really wants to do and really, um, you know, looks for, or if that's Mark adapting to what their strengths are. You see what I'm saying? 
does a mark offense have to include a high post playmaker or does it just so happen that he's only been a head coach in the NBA for a couple, you know, for three seasons and for two of the seasons, he's had a really good high post playmaker. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know that, uh, but, but it's, it's jumped off the page about how good Jay will is at, at creating off the high post, both for himself and for others. Uh, he can, he can do the handoff rub off the defender to where the guy is hitting the ball off to usually Isaiah Joe has an open three. He can fire in a bounce pass a thousand miles an hour from the top of the key down low to a cutting player. He can then fake the handoff, pivot around and see that his defenders now dropped off of him as he faked that handoff to then pull up on a three and hit a three as he did um, in this game to, uh, to really get the thunder back in. I believe it was a, a three that cut the lead down to you know eight or six or, you know, some reasonable number in this one, it took the lead um, against Phoenix on Friday whenever he did that. But he, he has so many wrinkles that he can bring as a as a playmaker in the high post that I, I think it's really worth exploring for OKC and has been worth exploring uh, these last couple of months, and, and it's something that the Thunder have leaned on uh, in the past. Defensively, obviously he's going to be undersized, but what, what benefits him defensively is that he does have an elite trait on defense. That, that drawing a charge thing is a skill, and it's real. And he led the NCAA in drawing charges last year. This year, per 36, you know, evening out guys' minutes, he leads the NBA in drawing charges. He's drawing a charge at an his, at a historic rate in the NBA. Um, so when you have a sample size as big as the entire last college season where charges are way more kind of common, I guess you could say, in, in college. So like that's, that's huge. You've been leading NBA NCAA in charges. And then to come over to the NBA and do the same thing, you know, being repeatable in that way, one-to-one is, is then worth kind of diving into as like, Hey, this is, this is a legit skill. And that's where you can make up some of the stuff as, as a, as a not so imposing rim protector. If you can just slide over, get in a legal guarding position and take on the contact and, and then get the turnover that way. Cause they're going to turn the ball over and, Get, get somebody in foul trouble, that's huge. And the, the biggest example uh, being in that Houston game whenever he drew like three charges on, on Shingoon and, and got their best player out of the game, that, that is a huge benefit for OKC. Uh, but it's a way to combat that, especially, especially as you have other guys who can protect the rim once Chet gets healthy, uh, once this, this roster gets more flushed out. But continuing on, you're seeing that like worst case scenario. I think it's, I think that we're getting more and more comfortable to say worst case scenario for J will is that he's a nice rotation big, that he does enough stuff and a really good clip to where he's a nice rotational big to get that to pick 34 great value with J dub. Kenneth Williams, his peer has said he has an all, he's an all-star talent back in training camp and to impress Kenny Hustle in training camp to the point where he goes off on the limb and says he's going to be an all-star one day. That's pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty big. Since then, he's gotten a lot of respect from a lot of players. You know, I, I even posted the clip of me asking Keegan Murray about J-Dub, and he got a lot of respect from, from Keegan Murray, uh, another guy who's a peer of him like in the same draft class, fighting for the same Western Conference you know, Rookie of the Month awards, everything else. Uh, you know, He's impressed players. He's impressed coaches. He's impressed scouts. He's impressed agents. He's impressed Media, he's impressed fans, he's impressed everybody. He legit has all-star potential. He legit could be an all-star one day. And in this game, with SGA out, you see J-Dub look so comfortable with the ball in his hands, look so comfortable 
running a break, looks so comfortable being a playmaker. And even whenever he does something bad, right? Like like the like the fast break where he had a beautiful Euro step, had a beautiful, you know, get past his man move to set up a a, a dunk at the rim and he missed the dunk. Right? Bad play. In in the sense of like bad result. Not the result you want. He then comes back the next possession and has one of the best finishes through contact at the rim he's had this year, which is saying a lot. Like the 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 ability to not let one bad play turn into two really stands out for J Dub, and that's a lot of maturity for a rookie. I don't care how old he is, I don't care if he's not a one a one and done guy. Rookies in the NBA are under so much pressure to adjust to the NBA league lifestyle, everything. It's so often that you see a rookie get completely taken out of a game by one mistake. And this is a mistake that happened really early in the game. This zero step missed dunk, and it would have change the entire complexity of the game in that point in time because we know how the crowd gets into it when J-Dub dunks. We know how J-Dub brings the energy whenever he dunks. We've talked about that a ton on this podcast. And to not let that derail your whole game is huge. It just shows the mental toughness of J-Dub to snap and clear and move forward. And that's a lot of the battle. But in this game, we saw him as a really good pa- a really good passer, as a really good visionist on the floor. Uh, the great bounce pass he had to, to Joe for the dunk. Uh, and at times this year, this is what we've seen a rookie do. And a rookie who has played well every time he's been on the floor. So, you know, we're now 20 games left in the season, however many, 22 games left in the season. And there's still no rookie wall for J-Dub. And at times this year, he's shown really good three-point shooting. You know, the, the last month stretch. He's shown really good mid-range and shot creation. He's shown dunks and floaters. He's shown cutting to the rim. Just killing you with back cuts, back cut, back cut. He's shown vision, patience, passing, creating for himself and for others. He's shown all of that. An ability to switch one through four. He's shown all of that and tonight guarded Sabonis. To where now he's switching one through five. And he, he talked about how the Thunder were up front with him whenever they drafted him. Hey, you're going to have to guard fives. Like, we want you to switch everything and be able to switch. He talked about that to us after the game. To where you're going to give him a whole summer to... Work out, albeit in pajama pants, which is actually really, really cool. But to work out, to get better, to get stronger, to get faster, to get everything that you need to get uh, in the summer and how much these guys work in the summer and how much they come back looking different. And you're going to give him, who already has a great baseline, a great baseline of what he's shown as a rookie and who has the size, who has the measurables, the intangibles to be a really good defender. You're going to give him more and more time to figure this stuff out of how to execute. And he can come back a true Really good players as a sophomore, and in a couple of years, a couple of summers, I mean, look look at SGA and the leaps he's taken year to year. Not to compare them to, like, one-to-one of, like, how, many, how great their leaps will be each and every year. But, like, it can happen. Leaps can happen. Leaps will happen. And so, down the line, three, four, five years, you know, J-Dub can really be playing at, a, at an all-star level. And I don't think that that's crazy to say. We've seen him do way too much for it not to happen at this point, uh, in the sense of, like, all-star caliber. And you know that, like, the All-Star, it's it's half popularity, it's half other factors. But like, All-Star caliber, where it's like, yeah, he might not make the team, but everyone understands he's at that level with those guys. Uh, and, and he might also make the team, who knows? But, like, he can play at that level. Uh, and then I want to talk about Lou Dort, because I think that the Lou Dort discourse was a little weird uh, today. Plus, the Thunder fan base. Uh, they have to relax a little bit. Got to relax a little bit after uh, after this uh, three-game losing streak. We'll talk about that coming up. But first, 
want to say right now, but a good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. You can also go to Walmart, to Sam's Club, and to uh, to go there. You go to their pharmacy section, and you can buy Built Bars. If you're a member of a club that's owned by Sam's, go there right now and, and check it out. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Every bar has 100% real chocolate on the outside of it. Uh, it's great. It's loaded, with, it's loaded with protein, only 100 and, uh, only 130 calories, and loaded with protein. Pre-workout, post-workout is a meal replacement or it's a snack. It's awesome. They have uh, cookie dough chunk bars. They have lemon dip chocolate cheesecake. They have maple donut, grasshopper cookie, caramel apple. They have cookies and cream, which is my favorite. They have uh, coconut almond. They have double chocolate, cherry, barcia, raspberry. They have all the flavors you could want, all the flavors you could ever need. 15 grams of protein, 160 calories. What more could you want? Check it out today at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. I want to I want to talk right now about Lou Dort. Lou Dort had a bad game at the start of this game, but he fixed this game as the as the game went along. This game, independent uh, of itself, he he was shot four for nine from three, forty four percent, awesome. Uh, you know, when he, when his threes are on, he looks good, and when his threes are missing, he looks terrible. That's just the way that it is with Lou Dort. Lou Dort, big picture-wise, by and large, because he did turn this specific game around. When you're analyzing Lou Dort, it's another case of you have to look beyond what you're seeing. And I know it gets tiresome to hear, because you've heard it from me especially, but like from everyone, for the last three years, of like, this is not this is not the Lou Dort you're going to see when this roster is flushed out. This is not the role Lou Dort is meant to be playing in. And what I mean by that is he is terrible at the rim and the thunder missed a lot of bunny shots and give me shots in this game. And they've done that all season long. And that is worrisome. Although for everyone else, I want to see them get a summer to learn how to, how to shoot at the rim, to get stronger, to get better. But with Ludor, it's a trend that's happened his whole career. I have given up the hope of like, he'll, he'll get better at shooting at the rim. And it's now went from a hope to, if he does it great, but it, we can't, we can no longer Hold the breath on that one. He still can develop that. He still can get better at that. I'm not saying he can't get better. He's still young enough to get better. But right now, it's to a point where you have to just go, okay, we have to we have to work under the assumption it won't get better and then be pleasantly surprised if it does get better. He's awful shooting at the rim. He's gotten better at the rim as a decision maker, though, and that should not be uh, thrown out. You cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one and just say, well, because he's still shooting bad at the rim, he's still a bad rim decision maker. He's actually gotten better at making decisions at the rim. Uh, still not perfect, but nobody is. He's gotten better at the decision-making process when driving to the rim. It's just that they're not converting still at the rim. So when you look at Lou Dort, 
what really jumps out about Lou Dort without SGA on the floor, you know, as you as you remove some of these scores, is he's one of the only guys who will go and get his. He's one of the only guys who will go take a contested shot, who will go drive into three guys and try to score at the rim. He's one of the only guys who has that aggression and it factor offensively to where it leaps off the page at you whenever SGA is not there. And whenever he's not the one that's taking all those opportunities. But that's not who Lou Dort is. That's not who Lou Dort should be. That's not who the Thunder want Lou Dort to be. And that's not who Lou Dort should want to be either. His role is pretty clear as you continue to add other bucket getters. And we talked about this on yesterday's show. What the Thunder need to add this offseason, whatever vehicle they use to do it, draft, free agency, trade, whatever. We'll talk about that later. What they need to add this season is a score. It's another score to put next to SGA. Because as you continue to add those guys, as you get SGA healthy, as you get Chet Holmgren healthy, as you get J-Dub more progressed and more aggressive, as you get as you get these players that can score and you push Lou Dort further and further and further down the rung of guys who you need to rely on to go score, it creates a better offensive rhythm for Lou Dort and a better offensive role and makes him look better. Because his whole career, he shot really well from the corner three. Really, really well. Including this year. As you continue to go through and complain about Ludort's offense, and especially early on in the season whenever he was getting killed for his offense, and these last couple of games as he's gotten a lot of heat as well on Twitter over his offense, he's shooting in this season 41% on corner threes. The perfect role for him is coming. I promise you it's coming. I know, and I get that you're tired of hearing it, it's gonna, that it's going to come because it has not come. It's, it's, it's flatly not come yet, but it's coming. It's coming. As you add more guys that can take the pressure off of him offensively and just resort him to corner three-point shooter, shooting from the slot, and playing really good defense. Because that's one thing that no matter what his offensive rhythm has been or role has been, whether SGA has been playing or not, he still plays really, really good defense. He still draws the illegal screen every game. And as you put him in a more advantageous role for him offensively, you're going to see it look so much better to where you're no longer going to be questioning Lou Dort long-term or should he start or should he be on the roster or is Wiggins an upgrade to Dort? You know, that stuff's not going to get questioned as this roster is allowed to put him in a role that is more suitable for him. And I get it again. You're tired of hearing it. You've heard it all three years, four years, but it's true. I really do think so. Now, Wiggins played great. He, he, he really did. He, he can score at all three levels. He's a really good player. Kept the offense in motion and flow. Uh, seven points, two rebounds, three assists, two steals. I think got Josh Giddy played really well, uh, more more than he gets credit for in this game. We'll talk about Josh Giddy more tomorrow, because tomorrow we're going to do a stock watch episode. I want to I dive into Josh Giddy with more time. But I, I want to end with this. I want to end with this. The, the Thunder fan base has to relax. Relax a little bit. Look. These are two games against two really, 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 really good teams. Really good teams. Where they were both healthy, albeit Kevin Wright did not play against the Suns, but like that's that's a fully healthy Suns squad, which not a lot of teams have faced this year, of a fully healthy Suns squad sans Kevin Durant. And then the Kings are just a really, really good team, and they were healthy as well. And the Thunder in these two games did not have SGA, and they did not have Chet Holmgren, who are the two best players of this rebuild. 
If Chad Holmgren's who we think he is, and it's, it's who you drafted second overall, and it's who Sam Presley thinks he is, he is the best player from this rebuild, along with SGA, who you got in the trade for Paul George. Like, these are your two best guys. These are the two best, the two best basketball players and everything from this rebuild. You didn't have them, and you still fought to the end against these two really good teams. If I told you at the start of the season how this season would play out, you wouldn't believe me because you wouldn't think that this roster made that big of a leap. Even in this loss tonight, let it show you how much of a leap this roster has taken and these players have taken. Last year's roster in this game without SGA, you get down 15 to the Kings, you might lose by 73. Year before that, you might lose by 55. This year's roster, they cut the lead from 15 down to 4, and then they, and then they you know got pushed back aside a little bit, kept it on arm's length a little bit. Uh, but still... They kept fighting, kept chipping away, and just could not come up with it. While they are slipping in the standings, they're not slipping in general. I think that a lot of us, including myself, I wanted them to make the plan. Uh, you know you know that. But a lot of us took that want for the plan and turned it into an expectation to where it feels like now, whoa, they're, they're backsliding a little bit. That's not the case at all. They're still right on time. It's just that they're no longer pulling off a Houdini act to somehow find themselves in the playoffs. This team had their best player get hurt for a couple games. That's not a tanking move. That's not a move that they made to lose. Every other team in this play-in race has lost their best player for multiple games. Their roster was deep enough and talented enough and experienced enough, which is the big thing. I I don't think it's necessarily talent or depth. It's more so experience and, and ability to win and overcome these kind of games. You know, where they were able to survive and now able to leapfrog you in the standings a bit whenever you lost and took your turn at the injury at the injury bug, which is when the Thunder leapfrogged them was whenever their team was on the injury bug list as well. Uh, but if that happens in the NBA. You're not going to be healthy 82 games. Your star's not going to play 82 games. Your best player's not going to play 82 games. It's how can you overcome that whenever they don't play. And let's not forget, this team was projected to win 20 games by knowledgeable people. Like John Hollinger, factually a knowledgeable basketball guy, Pick this team to win 20 games. And they sit here right now with this record. They sit here right now with their first three-plus game losing streak since the middle of December. The first time since the since before Christmas. Before Christmas, they lost three-plus games. And there were some people saying, you know, well, you know, had they beat the Jazz, it would feel different. They had their best player, one of the best scorers in the league this year, scoring over 30 points a game. Get the shot at the buzzer to bank in then bank out. We can't base all this on the fact that the shot fell out. If you're if you're playing the results to that degree, you've lost the sight of this season. If all that it would take for you to be happy versus sad right now is had SJ's buzzer beater banked in instead of banking out against the Jazz, you've lost sight of what is upon us in this season. There's no reason to be concerned at all. In fact, this should this should give you a sign of how far this team's come beyond just Shea. Because sure, had they had Shea, they'd have a much better chance of winning these two games. But without Shea, they still competed. And I and I cannot guarantee that they would have competed last year. I cannot guarantee they would have competed the year before that without Shea in this setting. But that's that's the rest of the roster who you drafted last year, the guys making a leap rising the tide of this team to where now you add back Shea, you add back Giddy. I mean, you add back Chet, 
you had back a 2023 draft uh, pick. You know, you, you add these things back, and you're a much better team. And you've already shown progress in that fact as well. So I, I just think that, you know, we all got kind of a, uh, it's, it's, it's like having candy before dinner. We've all got kind of jacked up on a bunch of Reese's puffs and a bunch of Reese's, you know, tree candies, uh, you know, Easter egg Reese's candies. And we forgot, Hey, there's still a steak coming on the way, right? It's just not here yet. It's just not at the table yet. So that's your candy versus broccoli analogy for the day. I hope that Mark listens and enjoyed that one. Uh, but thank you for listening. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms. So you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.